So part of the, the word is going to be broken up this morning into testimony and word. And um, so let's, let's bring this. Donnie. Donnie, where's the Donnie? Donnie's got a testimony prepared, and we just did a, a series on emotional health. And when we, when we speak these things, we trust God that he's leading us and guiding us. And I, I trust that what we spoke about during that time will be a blessing to you. So, Donnie, won't you come up? Donnie's just, he's got a, a testimony to share, but... So, Donnie, let me pray for you before you share your testimony. Lord Jesus, I thank you for, for fathers in the faith. Thank you for Donnie and Paula, Lord Jesus. How they live, how they lead, how they raise their family, Lord Jesus. How they demonstrate what Christian living is. I thank you that as Donnie speaks this morning, Lord Jesus, he glorifies your name. I know that's his heart's desire. I thank you that we will be kids at a father's feet listening to wisdom, for wisdom, to see you glorified. Give Donnie peace. And I thank you, Lord, that your word over him, well done, good and faithful servant. With you, I am well pleased. Thank you for your love, Lord. Amen. Morning, all. Yeah, you know, when uh, this thing came to me about sharing something on what happened in my life, uh, it was quite a surprise in the beginning, but as the Lord started speaking to me, this thing just started coming out. Funny enough, this morning, the last thing I wrote down here, God came through for me in my time of weakness. And what I'm about to share might shock a few of you. You won't say it can't be in Danny's life, but it did happen. Now, I'm going to start from that. I wrote it down because, you know, I'm getting old. Golder, sorry, not old. And sometimes I forget what I want to say. Uh, what came through to me, you know, in a period, I'm going to read what, I've, uh, what I wrote down here. In a period of about eight months, I prayed to God that I don't want to live anymore. Now, that might sound strange to you. This must, as I say, might come to a shock for you, but it was a reality for me. Life and death really came a reality for me. It wasn't just something that you heard and something you spoke about. It became a reality for me. The first thing that happened, as some of you must know, last year, October, I got quite sick. We were on, on the farm as usual. And it all started on a Friday evening. I started coughing, and with it, I started to hiccup. And that thing just grew and grew over two days. Uh, on the Sunday night, my son rushed me to hospital in uh, Heidelberg, which is about 60 k's from there. Uh, they, uh, I was put into the uh, ward or whatever. They put a drip on me. And then the doctor came and examined me, but they gave a complete incorrect what was wrong with me? They gave me pills and said, you can go home. So I went home the next morning. Uh, I, stay, I stayed on the farm for two days. Don't ask me what happened in those two days. 
I know some stage my son came to me and said to me, Dad, what's wrong? He was sitting there crying. You know, what's happening to Dad? I mean, it can't be. Then eventually they decided, no, I must go back to hospital. Now, to get into the hospital was a miracle itself because I couldn't see the doctor immediately. They say it's going to take us. I think two to three weeks before I could see that specific doctor. But the doctor, God arranged it so that I could go basically the next day. I got to hospital. They basically put me immediately into ICU. What was happening uh, with the coughing and, and the hiccups, um, my heart started not to beat. It was vibrating. So it couldn't pump the blood through my system as it should. Ended up that my heart, my lungs, my uh, um, lungs, my liver, and my kidneys were all affected by what was happening to me. They had me under morphine because I had a lot of pain and Something else while I was there happened with me. I can't remember exactly what it was, but eventually they had to make a hole here on this side of me and put pipes inside of me to connect to something inside of me. I can't remember, but it was a lot of pipes and things on me. And at that stage, I prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, please, just take me. I can't take this anymore. You know, what was wonderful, as I stopped praying, a complete calmness came over me. And I knew immediately, you're not going, you're staying. So, yeah, that was quite, quite a thing for me. Uh, sorry, just going to go through here. Oh, yeah, uh, quite an interesting thing. They connected me to, to um, uh, oxygen because I couldn't breathe by my own. And uh, while I was in back, back in the ward and so forth, they took the oxygen away. And you couldn't believe me. I couldn't walk for 20 steps and I was out of breath. Now, uh, Sean will know he's sitting somewhere there and uh, Tim, I walked 18,000 steps while playing golf with Sean and nearly 10,000 steps while walking with Tim. But at that stage, I could scarcely walk 10 steps. Oh, thanks for the water. Yeah, getting thirsty as well. So that was a very... Uh, Tim said to me that it must have been quite an experience. People, I can't explain to you what it was to be in that position to say the Lord, sorry, I can't live anymore. Um, quite interesting, uh, you know, uh, I usually say it's necessary for us to come together to talk to each other, etc., etc. Now, about two weeks ago, I went to visit a friend of mine. Uh, he's part of City Hill, and we was, at uh, the morning, I started to hiccup again, and immediately when that thing struck me, I knew, oh, here it is. So, we went to them, uh, he was busy in his garage doing things there. And he said to me, Donnie, what's wrong? 
I said this hiccups is starting again and immediately I felt that thing coming in me. Didn't ask, he just walked over to me, put his hands on me and rebuked that thing and it stopped immediately. Not really, it, it wasn't a minute or something. Immediately that thing stopped. And that just showed to me we need each other and we need to be there for each other. Now, three weeks ago, to be as precisely on a Saturday afternoon, I stood outside on the lawn and I said to the Lord, please, come and take me. I can't take this anymore. Now, people ask me, but how could you say, I mean, this morning when I shared this thing with Paula, she said, but what happened? What what got you to this point? But I could, I know exactly what it was. But to explain it is something different. But Sunday, the word of God came through Tim to me. I don't know if you can remember that thing about Elijah, where he prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, please come and take me. I can't take it anymore. People, that's where I was that Saturday, three weeks ago. I couldn't really. I was at the point where I said, Lord, that's it. Take me. Paula asked me this morning after share it, but who was your, what's the name again? Uh, Jezebel, sorry. Who was your Jezebel? Because Elijah had a Jezebel that wants to kill him. My Jezebel was myself. I loaded so much stuff on me. What people say, what people did, they should act this way and so forth. And slowly I just load more and more and more onto me. Up to such a stage. As you know, with, with the thing with Elijah, when uh, uh, he, he, he prayed and said, Lord, come and take me. And then he, he fell asleep. Then the Lord woke him up and he said, here's some food. You need to take this food for the journey ahead. That's what happened to me. I prayed it on Friday or Saturday afternoon. I went to bed at night, and the following morning, the Lord came to me and said, Yes, my word. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, and that so really touched me. Now, please, I don't want to compare myself to Elijah whatsoever. But for me, this is what happened. It's a reality, people. We can try and talk it away, argue it away, and so forth. But it's reality that hit me. And I think each of us has to look at our lives. We know where we stand. According to me, I'm strong in the Lord. I've been walking away. But I had to come to that point where I said, Lord, take me. I can't take it anymore. Don't be afraid. Talk to the Lord. And I really, I just want to see if I've got three everywhere I want to see. But, oh yeah, what is fantastic about this as well, after, after that meeting, I walked to the back there and I walked past a couple and I said, Donnie, what's wrong? And I told them, without hesitation, they walked to me, laid hands on me and prayed for me. People, that's why we gather here. We need each other. We must come to these meetings to hear what the word the Lord wants to say to us and don't run away, away from it. Now I want to end it off to say, to God be the glory. 
great things he has done. And people, please, if afterwards you want to come and talk to me, feel free. I'm, I'm prepared to talk to you and what, say to whatever the Lord lays on my heart. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. I remember getting a call. Uh, Colin and I planned. We planned to, to go say goodbye to Donny. He was very, very sick. And we were getting ready to go and to say goodbye. Physically, he was finished. But God. And then spiritually, he was finished. But God. And we all need to come to that place where we get to the end of ourselves and then God. And it's amazing because I, I play golf like twice a year. I played golf with Donnie on Friday. <laughs> and we were playing nine holes. I couldn't. My knee was like, I couldn't. Donnie's rushing. Come on, Tim. Hit the ball straight. I'm going all over. He's playing. He's full of life, full of energy. And Donnie and Polo are going on a trip for a couple months now, going all around the country. 68 hours of driving planned so far. Um, so God has, God has given you a new fire. But thank you for sharing. It's amazing how, how humble you are, yet at the same time so wise. So can we just pray for them again? Lord Jesus, thank you for Johnny and Paula. They've raised a godly family, Lord Jesus. They continue to live with the fire of the Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you keep them safe as they travel. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the ministry that they're involved in here at City Hill. How, how much it flourishes, Lord Jesus, as they just serve you. I thank you, Lord, going forward. I thank you for blessing on them. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that everything they do will be in your strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brentus, you've got 11 minutes. <laughs> we, we know Brent. Tom, Tom. Prop, props and time. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word this morning. May it come alive to us, Lord Jesus, and may it stew in us and produce an incredible life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so you'll be pleased to know I'm actually not going to preach. I'm not, I, I just felt that uh, I think what was shared there was far more valuable. And I think there's going to be an opportunity. I think we're going to sing a little bit more as well. Because I really just believe God wants to do something in people's lives. You know, he's not, he's not kept himself for an individual. He's kept himself for everybody. And he, all wa he wants all of us to experience his goodness and his kindness and his mercy. And, and I tell you what, I can only pray and trust that when I'm close to Donnie's age, that I'd have the same passion and vigor that he has. And he's not the only one. We are blessed to have people who are a few years ahead of me. I'll put it that way, politely. Maybe a little bit more than a few. But are still passionate about their king. And we as younger people, and on this time I'm putting myself in the younger bracket, can say, let's learn from it. Younger people, learn and grasp that, that there's still a passion that you can have in Christ 50 years down the line. He just continually showers his love, his mercy, his kindness on us. It depends on us, though. It depends on our heart and how open we are and willing we are to embrace him on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, I can open the scripture today and read something 
And tomorrow I can open the exact same scripture and life comes again to me because it just breathes something new and something fresh. The living word, the life of Jesus Christ into us. And so if we can live like that, I think that's the lesson that we can learn. God is watching over us. And we don't know our names. We don't know our numbers. We don't know how long we have. Uh, It might be tomorrow. It might be 50 years. Who knows? But let me tell you, grasp it. Take hold of it. Live with the passion that you have. Share your love that you have and share your compassion that you have. Share your kindness. Let's not just go and hand out blankets once a year. Let's take that passion and that life and let it become a lifestyle that we have. Let's not just pros, uh, prost, yeah, almost like last week with my bad wording. Yeah, we're going to go down that route again. Let's not just fast and pray for one day. Let's live a lifestyle of that and say, God, what can you do in our lives? What can you do in my family's lives? What can you do with my friends? What transformation, what change can you do in this situation? if only that I trust you. And so I just want to do, uh, just share that. I, 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 I never just share that. That's the bottom line. But I'm not going to share what I, because I shared a little bit last week. And, and the reason why I wanted to share again this week is because when I was preparing on the whole idea of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, I suddenly realized that it's not actually about Jesus. It's about the glorious Father. Because Jesus reflects the light and the glory of the Father to us. He makes it possible that we can look upon his face for us. And so I'm reminded once again that the value of, of, of God's anointing and God's power and God's glory is so profound. And maybe a time will come at a later stage that I'll share it because I really think it's relevant for us as a people of Christ to know what it means to say the glory of God, how vast it is and how great it is. I shared last week a little bit about light and the spectrum of light. And I said to you, we see a very, very small portion of what light is. And that's the glory of God. We as humans are only able to see a very, very small portion of the vastness that he offers us and the greatness that he offers us. He makes just a small portion visible for us to see. And how does he do that? Through just last week, but I want to show you again. If you look at all of these lamps, whether it's a fluorescent lamp, if it was a mercury vapor lamp, inside of those is the source of the light. And if you norm- looked at a normal mercury vapor lamp, and I think I did have a, a drawing of that one. Uh, I did. So you're going to have to find it because I'm, I'm, I'm juggled around. But inside of it, if you break the outer coating open, they say internally you'll see where that glow takes place. It's a thing called an arc tube. That is where the gas, the mercury, and whatever else, if it, uh, different gases for different types of light, starts to react to these little molecules that run around and bang against each other and they create the light. But the reality is that light on those particular ones could not be seen because it's more on the ultraviolet side, so we don't see it. But that coating that covers the lamp, so if you go to the next picture, you'll see that's covered like that, turns the invisible light into visible light. And if we see the glory of God, when God's, when God's glory appeared on the mountain, 
with Moses and all that, you always saw two things. You saw a bright light and you saw a cloud, a mist. And it was symbolic of the fact that we will never see the brightness of God only through the mist. It's that protective coating that allows us to see the fullness of God. God in Christ, Christ in me, and therefore I'm in God. And so that protective coating, Jesus Christ, our protector, our savior, allows the glory of God to be manifest into our lives. He's living inside of us. So I'll detour it again. But I just want to say to you, this is actually what I wanted to share. Not from there, but this completely, this is what I wanted to share with you because we sang a song now. And I'm going to close in a few minutes. Then I saw the heavens open and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judged fairly and uh, and wages righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and his head on were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dripped in blood and his title was Word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in their finest, purest, whitest linen followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release them with the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. You see, we sang that song. What a beautiful name. And we began to penetrate and understanding the beautiful name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, Jesus, was an earthly name given to him. We use it as a reference. But when we speak about Jesus, we don't speak about the name, but we speak about the person and who he represents. Now, if we watch on that scripture in Revelations, it said there was a name written in that no one could say. Why? Because the true name of who Jesus Christ resembles and who Jesus Christ is, is far greater than we understand. So when we call upon the name of Jesus, we're not calling upon a name. We're calling of the living God. The one in God, God in him, the spirit in him, all one, united. And so when you're feeling sick and you're down and your body wants to say, I've had enough. We can call on that name, knowing that there's an authority and there's a power that is far beyond a name. It represents the fullness of who God is. And this morning, God wants to say to you, and I felt in my heart while I was sitting there, to say there's a fullness that he wants to show you. There's something far bigger than what you see. You see, you're limited by what you can see because in what you can touch. God's saying, stretch out and believe that I'm greater. That I can do more. That I can take you beyond. You see, there is hope at the other side of the Red Sea. There is a way through. There is a place beyond the walls that can come tumbling down. There is a promised land for us. There is a breakthrough. There is a fallen Goliath. 
Why? Because the God that we serve is much bigger than we see. Take it this morning and say, Jesus, look at you coming on that horse, the sword, the living word. That's who you are to me. That's what you can offer me. Far more, far bigger, far greater, far more anointed, far more able than what you can do. Trust me. I know. I try. God, if I just can help a little bit, I, I just let me help a little bit in the situation. And as I dig, I'm in my hole. I'm digging, I'm digging. All I'm doing is making the, the hole wider, but I'm not getting up. It's only him who can bring me up. Because the victory and the true victory will only come when I'm out the way and he's in control. I want to stay in control. I want to say because it's of my dealings and what I can offer and what I can bring and because I'm a good person and I prayed and I fasted on Sunday, I mean on, on Tuesday. God, you're going to do it because I did that. No, he's not going to do it because you did that. He loves the obedience. He loves the sacrifice. But he'll do it because I am God. When that burning bush was there, uh, uh, and uh, uh, if, in fact, later on, Moses saying, what do, I, what do I tell them? He says, I am who I am. I am everything that you will ever need, what you can ever see, what you can ever believe for, whatever direction you can go for, I'm further than that. I'll go beyond because I'm able. Our dimension is so limited. And when I was speaking, when I was doing a bit of study on the awesomeness and the, and the glory of God, you begin to realize how big our God actually is. And yet, you see that from the beginning of time, when he intended you and I to live and walk in that garden, he walked. The Bible says he walked every single day in the cool of the evening with Adam and Eve. He didn't need a shield over his face. He didn't need a, a, a duck over his head. He could walk. We could walk in the fullness of God. We could see. We could understand why. Because that, she, that, that, that separation of sin hadn't come in. But we read re later on in Revelations that if we endure this life, and we endure, there comes a time where we will receive heavenly bodies, that we will once again be able to see the glory of God face to face in his fullness. At this moment in time, we can't. But through Christ. And even then, we have a limited view of how great and wonderful he is. So I want to trust us. I want the worship team to come. We're going to sing that song again, I think. What a beautiful name. I want us to believe this morning. I want you to believe. That where you stand, where you're at, what you can offer, what you can bring,
is very limited. What God can offer, what he can bring, is so much more. So we're going to take a few minutes. We're going to just want to worship another five minutes or so because I really just want to trust that God come and speak into your heart. So I want us to stand. I want to pray. Holy is your name. You are wonderful. You are great. And as as Tim shared with us, your mercy, Lord, is wonderful. Thank you that we can come this morning whole and complete. And as I pray this morning, I want you to let go those things. The failures that you have the weaknesses that you have. Those things that you've built up in your life. I can do that. I want to do that. I can achieve that. I'm the king of my own castle. Let's lay it down this morning. Let's remember as we sing the name of Jesus, who he is and what he represents.